Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Beis in Yuma. Again, we learned for a four shleimah for Yosef Azriel Ben Chaya Michal, one of the boys injured in uh, who's in from Ramat Beit Shemesh, injured in the Miron tragedy. Today we start the new parak, the top of Chof Beis. We learned the other day about Trumas Adeshem. The first, really the first, the earliest job in the base of Migdash each day was to take a shovel full of ashes, remove it from the wood pile at the top of the Mizbech, and put it uh, next to the Kevesh, on the, on the southeast side of the Kevesh. And whoever wanted to do that, it wasn't a very popular job, it was very early in the morning. So Komish Ritz, let us on Mizbech, whoever wanted to could go do it. It was Manshim Rubim. Let's say there were more, several people wanted to do it, there were a bunch of people, Rotsen ba'olam kevish. They would run up the kevish. That was the way up to the top of the mizbeach. They would run up there. Whoever got there first, and whoever beat the other guy ba'ar ba'amos within four amos. Four amos of what? So we'll see in the gemara. It means within four amos of the mizbeach of the top of mizbeach. Whoever got within four amos of mizbeach first, zocha. That was like the finishing line. He was the one who won the race. And he would merit uh, taking the ashes down. Let's say it was a tie. Then Hamamuna, the one in charge, the administrator there of the Kohanim, Omerlehen would tell them how to be. Rashi learns that it wasn't the two, the two tie, the two people who tied who would have a uh, who would uh, have a uh, lottery between them, right? Like choose it out, but rather everybody then took part in it. Could be, Farsham say, could be because if it was only two people, it would be hard to make a lottery because you could easily see who win. We'll see how the lottery was done. Um, what would, how did they do the lottery? They would all stick out, they would put out one or two fingers. Two fingers means they put two fingers together as one. They must see on a good little make this, but they would never stick out a thumb in the make this. So we'll explain, we'll talk about this. Rashi brings it down here already. The way they did a lottery there was that they all, all the quantum stood in the circle. The coin removed, uh, the mamuna, the person in charge, removed the hat of one of the people in the circle to show that you started from there. Either he put it back, some of Farsham say he put the hat right back, uh, or it was possible it was done outside the Azara, so he didn't need, the coin didn't need his hat on there. In any case, that started, that he, so the coin, let's say there were a 30 or 40 Kohanim there, the, um, the mamuna would pick some large number, like uh, 70 or 80 or 100, and he'll say, okay, fine, I'm going to count to 100. And then wherever that comes out, whichever coin comes out, he's the one who wins the lottery. You know, they did pick the large numbers so that you couldn't play a game and figure out where to stand or how many, uh, how you were going to do it so that you should win the lottery. And it was done in a fair way. So <clears throat> they would stick out one or two fingers. Two fingers means they stuck them out together, two fingers together like this to show that, that, that if sometimes one per, it was hard to, for, to, to maneuver and stick out one finger, so they put out two fingers, but they put out two fingers as one finger, not with a thumb, because they wouldn't put out their thumb because of cheaters, meaning if you put out a thumb and a finger, it might look like two. So what a person says when he sees the guy coming around and he knows he's, he might, he's close to number 100, so maybe he'll put out two fingers be counted as two and, and, and you know, get, get closer to the, uh, to the winner. So, and, and therefore win, win it that way. That was how they did the lottery. And there was a story before they did the lottery. It says over here, uh, they only did the lottery if there was a tie, right? If there was, in other words, at the beginning there was no lottery. 
uh, you know, if they didn't do it by, by lottery, whoever wanted to be, to be the Trumas Deshen would run up there. Whoever got there, if there was more than one and they had a race, whoever got within four arms of the top of the Mizbech first, he would be the winner. If there was a tie, then he would say, okay, fine, choose it out. We're going we're gonna to do a lottery here now. Um, okay, uh, but um, there was a story before they did the lottery, or when it wasn't a tie, it wasn't a tie. Meiser Shesh named Shove, and there was a story where there were two guys were uh, rushing. They both wanted to rush up there. There was a tie. For Rutzenbaum and they ran up to the, they ran up the ramp, and it was like very close. One guy pushed the other guy off the ramp, and he fell down off the ramp, and he broke his leg because there was a fight. They were running up there, maybe he did it on purpose or you know, accidentally on purpose because he wanted to win the race, and, uh, and one guy got a broken leg out of it. At that point, once Bezin saw the Bezin of the Khanim saw they were in charge of the administration of all the operations there. So once they saw that people can get hurt, this could be a dangerous situation. They said, listen, we're not going to do this anymore. Whoever gets there first, they're going to have a race. And whoever gets there, pushes somebody, pushes somebody else. We're going to do the whole thing with a lottery. That was, and that was going to be, turn out as we see, the, that was going to be the first lottery of the day. Who gets to do the Truma Sedeshim? Then the Mishnah ends off with Arba Paisus Hayusham. There were four lotteries done each day. That was the first one. So we're saying originally this wasn't done with a lottery. But once people saw, once it, we'll see why it wasn't done with the lottery, there wasn't a big uh, demand for the job. But once we saw, they saw that uh, it was getting dangerous, they decided to make a lottery. And the lottery, the first lottery was not just for Truma Sedeshin, as we'll see, whoever was Zohar and Truma Sedeshin also got to, uh, to arrange the woodpile. So why, why do you say, originally they just said, whoever wants to go up there and do it. They didn't have a lottery for it. Whoever wants to can have that job. Why didn't they do, why didn't they make a, a lottery for that originally, like they did for other jobs, for other services in the uh, in the uh, daily avodas. Since it's something basically done at night, right? It's done. It's early in the morning before alosa shachar. It's basically an avodas night. Lo Nobody's really want to do it. It's not a big demand thing. Nobody cares about the so People won't come. So you can make a lottery. People aren't going to come and make a lottery. Maybe I'll win. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not going to bother with it just in case I'm, I might. The odds are I won't even win, right? They did the lottery early in the morning for this job. The odds are I'm not going to win. I'm not going to bother getting out of bed. It's not not very chashuv. So people aren't going to come. So it's keeping the chazu, the chazu, once they saw people... Uh, obviously, did, they didn't get up for the daf. They didn't get up for the daf, right? The daf was even later than that, right? So keeping <laughs> the chazu, the chazu, once they saw that people did come, people did want to do the job, and they... Actually, not only did they come, but they caused danger because there was a fight or you know a race to get to the top. So they decided to make it a lottery, okay? Because it was the problem was we're saying originally they didn't have a lottery because it was a nighttime job. Nobody cared. What about laying off the limbs and the fats of the carbonola, the tumid? On the top of his back, that's also done at night. Remember, Shechita Kabbalah Chazrik and the main four avodas have to be done during the day. But a varum Dorm could be burnt at night. That's at night. The Tequila Rabban Paisa, and we'll, as we'll see later on, that was there, there was a lottery for that. So just because it was at night does, is not a reason why people wouldn't want to do it and there was no lottery. You see other jobs at night, there was a lottery. The answer is Sofa Badi Imam, that's really considered the end of the day because technically the Varum Dorm could be done 
after you do the Shechita Baruch Zrika. So it's really like the day that goes into the night. It's really the end of the day work. So Hanami Tchilas So Tumas also could be looked at as the beginning the early, the, for the first service of the day. That's the Tchilas Avadat Yamamu. Kiddush Yadav, the Trumas Adeshin, if you washed your hands, the Kornim who had any did it, about it had to wash their hands from the Kior. If they wash your hands for Trumas Adeshin, Lemachar, Ein Sarach Lekadish, they don't have to wash again, meaning once daybreak hit, it was really before daybreak that they did the Trumas Adeshin. So once daybreak hit, hit they don't have to wash again. Shekvar Kiddush Mechil because they already were Makash, with the beginning of the Avoda, indicating the Trumas Adeshin is the first Avoda of the day. So this is also Avoda Siyom. What seems in this in a Varm Tarm? The answer is no. Don't say because they are in Makadesh from the beginning of the Avodah, but rather Shekfar Kiddush Mitchila La'avodah. They already were Makadesh not from the Tchila Savoda, not from the beginning of the work, but Eim Shekfar Kiddush Mitchila L'Shem Avodah. They, they wash their hands, L'Shem Avodah. Not, not that that's the beginning service of the day, the first service of the day, but they already washed their hands for the purpose of Avodah. But really, we're saying according to this that the Tumas Adeshin was Avodah at night, was an avodah done at night, whereas the varm b'garam was really a day job that they did at the end of the day. Economy, some say that you could you could say it a little bit differently. Mikara supper originally thought kibandika on shena lo asu. Since uh, people are going to be tired, they're not going to come. Right? They're they're tired. Kibandika chazu to asu. In other words, people don't want to get up. They're tired. They're 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 going to be so tired. They're not going to want to get up early in the morning. And uh, they're not going to come. Kim the chazu also. Once the bezin saw that people come for chazu, they nami and they get and it's dangerous. They kill rabbanon paisa. So they were they rabbanon said that yeah, we have to have a lottery. We first thought that nobody's going to bother getting up. They're tired. They get overcome with sleep. So they once they saw that people came to a dangerous, they made a paisa. I read done the same kash. We we're just saying it a little bit differently. What about the ika onashena? There are also people could fall asleep doing it at night. That you could be overcome with sleep and tilt the on a bus. And there, there was an original lottery done there. They didn't wait till people fought over it. So it's shiny mignomi makem. It's different going to sleep versus getting up. In other words, it's easier to fight sleep at the end of the day. Don't fall asleep rather than getting up in the morning. Don't we know that, right? It's hard to get up in the morning. That's hard. But at night, uh, you stay up a little bit. That's not so. So therefore, a varm done we're done at the end of the day. So you're right. They have to fight sleep, but they're fighting sleep. They're, they're just trying to stay awake. That's easier than getting up in the morning. So you think that's the reason why they made the Takana because they came to danger because they were fighting over it. Uh, the reason they made the Takana and, and uh, drew a lottery is for the following reason. The tiny Misha Zohar B'Trumas Whoever merited, whoever won the job from Sedashin, also Zohar B'Sidam Arach B'Shem He was also, he also merited, he got the job of arranging the wood pile, on top of which they burnt uh, the Karbanos and the Evarim Pdarim. And the two logs, they weren't really logs like we think of them as round logs, they were like squares that covered up the, they covered up the uh, Marach on the Mizbeach. So the point is there were other jobs there, so the reason they did it you could say the reason they did the lottery is not because they were fighting about it, so we wanted to solve it. No, the reason they did the lottery is because whoever won the lottery for Truman Session also won for an important job, for the seat of Marocha and the Shnei Zeri So that's the reason why I did it. So why did you say the reason is because since they were fighting, therefore they, caused, therefore they made a lottery? There were two different decrees. First, they thought nobody's going to come, either because we said it wasn't Chashuv, it wasn't an important job, or because 
they were tired and they wouldn't come. Keep the Chazakasu, once they saw that people did come, and it was dangerous because they were fighting, they made a lottery. Keep the Kim once they made a lottery, people didn't bother coming. I'm a Miyam of the Mystery Alone. How do I know I'm going to win? I'm going to get up early on the chances that I might win. The chances are very little that I'm going to win. Then they said, no, whoever wins the lottery for Tumas Hadeshin, also, also can also do these important jobs. They should come and be Mephiasim. So there were two stages. First, they made a pious so they shouldn't fight. But once they did that, nobody came. So they, they added on, like they made it a bigger prize, right? Whoever wins this lottery will also get important jobs. It was Manshim Ruben when there was more than, you know, more than one person. There were several people. So they raced up, uh, they raced up the Kevesh. And whoever got, this is originally before they made the pious, whoever got within four Amas, right, won. That was, the, that was like the finishing line. Which four Amas were we speaking about? So Pshitali, Amra Papa, so Papa says Pshitali, it's, it's obvious the Arba Amas, the Arba low. It can't be the first four Amas from the ground as they went up the ramp, because Ratzin Ba'olm Bekevishtan, it says they ran and they climbed up the, they ran up the ramp. So, and then it says afterwards, whoever got within four Amas, right? Kamaisanami low. It can't be the first four Amas, and as it can't be four Amas on the ground before they reach the Kevesh, because it says they ran up the Kevesh. Then, and it also can't be, Kamaisa Namila Lo, can't also be the first four Amas of the Kevesh, whoever got, let's say, to the f- f- four Amma mark of the Kevesh on their way up. Also, low, because Ratzin Ba'olim Kevesh, now it says they ran up the Kevesh, and then they got within four Amas. And afterwards, Kalakarim Eschavero, whoever got there first within four Amas won. In other words, what was the finishing line? The Bani Bani, maybe up the Kevesh. Now, the Kevesh, we said, remember the Mizbech, the, the uh, footprint of Mizbech was 32 Amas. And so was that of the Kevesh. The Kevesh was a ramp. So the ramp, the way up is like a hypotenuse, but the, 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 uh, the uh, footprint was 32 Amas. However, two Amas of the ramp overlapped two Amas of the Mizbech. Which two Amas of the Mizbech? The Mizbech stuck out, there was a base, which was an Amma out, and the Sovev Amma out. So that the Kevesh reached up to the, the top of the Kevesh reached up to the top of the Mizbech. But that covered over the two extending amos, one of these so one of the sobe. If you're looking at the illustration book, you'll see this in number 52, how the kevesh overlapped the esod and the sobe. So, uh, so therefore, remember that for the total footprint, uh, the combination we had this before in Shkolim and here also that the combination footprint in length was 62 amos, not 32 and 32, but 30 and 32, because two amos of the kevesh. Overlapped the um, overlapped the mizbeach. So, where was this four amas? Or Papa says it's not four amas of before you, you know within four amas of the kevesh. You didn't even get to the kevesh because it said all of the kevesh. It's not even the first four amas of the kevesh because it said they ran up the kevesh and then whoever got there first. The baini baini namilave. Well, maybe it's partially up the up the kevesh, but there's no there's no uh, demarcation lines or measurement lines on the kevesh. There's no fixed spot there. If you said four amas of what? There's no halfway mark like on the height of the Mizbech, which has the uh, the Chutah Sikra. So the Baini Baini, like uh, between and as mi- midway up the Kevish, also it can't be. The Lomasai Milsa, it's not clear where that be. There's no simon there. You don't know where it would be. So Mizbechtan. So obviously it means when it says whoever got within four Amas, it means four Amas of the Mizbech. But here's the question. 
doesn't mean four amas from the top of the mizbech or four amas from the bottom of the mizbech. Remember, the four the the kevish reaches over two amas of the mizbech, over the sovev and the yisod. So when he says within four amas, does he mean of the yisod, which is really six amas away from the top of the mizbech? It's not exact because he's on the ipatnus there, right? And we're we're really we're looking at footprint area. But it's it's approximate. In other words, did he get now that's the kasha on the last line of the page. Boy Rapapa, Does he mean including the Ami Yesod and Amasove? Or Odoma Barme Ami Yesod the Amasove? Does he mean four Amas besides the Ama Yesod and Amasov, meaning six Amas really from the top of the Mizbeh? That's what he means. Does he mean four Amas from Thomas Bech or six Amas from Mizbeh? That question stands because it says four amas Thomas Bech. We don't know if it means the top or it means uh, four amas from the Yisod, which means it would be six amas. If he stops, it would be within six amas of the top of the Mizbech, right? Because it's four amas and then four amas away is the four amas away from the Yisod, which means six amas from the top of Mizbech, or does it mean four amas from the top of Mizbech, period, including the Yisod and the Sovev? That question stands. The Mayushnei and Shavim, Mishnah said if they both, if it was a tie, So then, originally, before they had a lottery, so they were, whoever got there first, and if there was a tie, he would say, okay, let's uh, put your fingers out, and we're going to have a, um, what's the word, Michael? This is not a lottery. We're going to take a, uh, we're going to take, uh, we're going to pick a number. It's a different kind of a lottery. It's like a lottery, right? Put your fingers out. We're going to count. Now, why put your fingers out? Why not just count the people, Right? So, like we do, people say, Oshia Samecha, you're not supposed to count people. That's the Gemara over here. Tano, Take, Put your fingers out, and we're going to count. Now, like I said before, he picks a number like 100. There's 30, 40, 50 Kohanim, and they stand in a circle, and they start from the one person. They take his hat off the show. They start from him, and he counts everybody's fingers. Now, so Gemara says, Why don't you just count them directly? Why? What's with the fingers? You're not allowed to count B'nai Yisrael, it's Usr. I feel Bar Mitzvah, you're not supposed to count. So that's why we do. When we come to Shul, people say, oh, whatever. You count with your eyes, but you're not supposed to count out loud and count people. Just how do you know? Because it says by Shul, by Yifkidem, Bavazik. The Pasha Taich is, he counted them in that place called Bozek. But the, 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 the Drasha is, he counted them, Rashi says, Bozek is like broken shards. They took broken shards of uh, earthenware vessels, and he counted them that way. In other words, like a token. Instead of counting the people directly, each person had a token, and you counted the tokens. Now, when you unfortunately say, what, well, counting a finger also is, is like part of the person. What is the point of counting fingers, right? Counting fingers, has, the answer is that with fingers, you didn't necessarily hit everybody because, you know, you might miss a finger or a person might not put his finger out. Maybe he didn't want to be included. Maybe he didn't want to be counted. So you're not definitely counting people uh, you're not, the, the, but when you count their fingers. Maskravashi, Mimai Dehai Bezek Lishan de Mivzeku, right? How do you know that Bezek here means something that's broken, like shards? Vedom Masu. Maybe it's the name of the city. Kirsiv Vayimatsu Adoni Bezek, right? Vayimatsu Adoni Bezek. They found Adoni Bezek. That was the name of the place. Right, he was named after the name of the place. I can't prove it from Yifkidim Bebazik El Mehacha, and this is the first time in Shaul counted the people. In Sh- he says here Shmuel Aleph Yud Aleph. Later on in in Perak Tesvav, it says by Yishama Shaul Esaam, and he called the nation together by Yifkidim, and he counted them Bitloim. So again, the Pasuk Chaich over there is Tlam was the name of a place. 
But the Tvaisha's Tvaim means lambs. He counted them with lambs. And as he didn't, each person gave a lamb. And Rashi says, Stephen Makaska, he said, everybody bring a lamb from the Tzon HaMelech, and they came out to the Rav, and he counted the lambs instead. So you say, you see, you see, if you think that Bezek is the name of a place, so Tvaim is probably not a name of a place. That's counting sheep. Amr of Lezer. Whoever counts Jewish people, counting them, you know, one, two, three, by counting them, counting their bodies, over Belav, he's over on a low cessation. Emer Bayam Mispar Bnei Yisrael Kol Hayom. Pasuk says in Oshea that the number of people and the Jewish people they will be as many as the sand on uh, of the sea. Asher Lo Yimad, which can't be counted, Velo Yisafer. So he says you share Lo Yimad. You shouldn't count them. Nachmar Yitzchakomer over B'Shnei Lavin. Shneimar Lo Yimad Velo Yisafer. Okay, again, it's this is not a one of the Tariq Mitzvahs. It's Pasuk in Tanakh. But it says, he's over in Allah, the Pesach says, Lo yimad, lo yisafer. Don't measure them and don't count them. So you're over, according to the Rav Nachman, you're over on two laven. Rav Yonason brought up the following contradiction. On the one hand, it says, this Pesach says, The number of the Jewish people will be as the sand of the sea. So it seems to be a stira mineyubay. It says they will be like the sand of the sea. Well, there's a finite number of sand. It might be a lot, but we, you know, there's a finite number. On the other hand, it says, it cannot be counted like it's impossible to count. And there's just so many that it's infinite. It depends. If they do God's will, when they do God's will, then their number will be infinite. It's impossible to count. When they don't do God's will, then uh, they will have a finite number. Rabbi Omer, Mishmaba, Yosi, Ben Destoy, Lokash, for Jesus, he, he resolves the contradiction differently. Very simple. God can count them, but we're in, it's the number so high that uh, we can't, uh, they can't be counted by man. And it's impossible for us to get everybody together and count them all, I guess. It's not that it doesn't have a finite number, there is a finite number, but we can't count them. Now we're talking about these numbers that Shoal counted them first in Perak Yud Aleph and Shmuel Aleph. And again, in Perak Tesvav, he says like this, once a person was made leader of, a, a leader of the congregation, in this case, Shoal became the king, Miss Asher, he becomes wealthy. How do you see that? He counted them originally with shards. Then after he counted them with sheep. Well, sheep were worth a lot more than shards or pebbles or whatever you call them, right? So he became wealthy. Maybe they brought their own sheep. How do you know he counted them with the king's sheep? Maybe they brought their own. So then came Ayrabusa the Milsa. What's the Chedish and the Pusik? Why tell us how he counted them? First he counted them with shards. Then later on, after he became king, he counted them with sheep. If he's not trying to tell us a lesson that he became wealthy, then, um, you know, what, what's the point of mentioning all this? Is that a chiddush to us, that after a person becomes a king or a high position, he becomes wealthy? I thought he had a fixed salary, right? But uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's like a lesson from what happens of Ismanazeh, right? Somehow, on a lousy little salary, they became multimillionaires when they leave office. All right. <clears throat> and it says about Shaul that he fought in the valley. What does that mean? When Hashem told him to go and smite and kill all of Amalek, he argued on Iske Nachal, meaning what Nachal we mean. We mean the Nachal Eson that uh, you have to take the, um, um, when a person is killed, when a person, they find a body, right? And 
um, and uh, they don't know which city it came from. Remember this, they go out and they go out, the, the elders of each, they, they go out and they measure which city it came from, and then they, um, uh, they decide, they, you know, they say who which city is responsible for it, and then they have to bring this, uh, uh, they have to bring the animal, and they take him to Nachal Eisan, where, where, he's, uh, where, where he's killed there, right? Eglarufa, he's taken to Eglarufa, the Eglarufa is taken there, and his neck is broken. Why? Because that's why Nachal, that's why Iske Nachal, because Shaul, who didn't want to kill all, remember, he didn't kill the, he didn't kill the king of Gog, and he didn't kill the animals, etc., and the children, so what did he do? He argued with Hashem. That's why Yerubenachli argued Al Iske Nachal about the issue of Nachal Eisan, meaning the Egla Rufa. How so? When Hashem said to Shaul, Lech Vikisa Samalek, go wipe out Amalek, go smite them. Amar Uman Nefeshachas Amar for one person, if one person is killed, Amar Tor Tor says Hab Egla Rufa, Bingo Egla Rufa, just for one person who's killed. So call on Fasho Salachs Kam Vekama. How does it make sense to kill everybody? Just for everybody, I'm, certainly I'm going to have to, it doesn't make sense that I have to kill everybody. For one person, you're chayif to bring an Egelurufa. So if I kill everybody, does it make sense? And even if you say they're sinners, what about the animals? Why do they have to be? They're innocent, the animals are innocent. Why do they, what is it? Children didn't sin. So why should, why should I kill the, uh, the like, why should I kill the children and the animals, etc.? The Basque went and said, Don't be such a righteous person. God told you to do something, do it. But that's the point of our Rebbe Nachal. He argued based on the story of Nachales and the story of the Egla Rufa. When he told Doeg, Sovata, turn around a bug of a Kohanim and smite the Kohanim in the Novi era Kohanim. Don't be so, don't be sleeping. Now you want to kill all the Kohanim. First, you were too much of a Tzaddik. Now you're too much of a Rasha. Amravuna. Kamalo Cholib Lomagish Gavar Damari Sead. If, a, if, God's, if God is on your side, a man who God helps, who God's on your side, a person like that, lo choliv lo margish, will not have to grieve or worry, won't be concerned at all. How do you see that? Shoal ba'achas. Shoal sinned with one sin. As we saw, his main sin was that uh, he didn't fulfill, he didn't fulfill the God's wish to kill, to, to wipe out a Amalek. So he sinned, but also, and it counted against him, and he suffered for that, meaning he lost the throne. He was eventually he died, and he lost the throne. David Vishnaim, David sinned twice for Lo Oslo because God was on David's side. In other words, David found favor with the God more than Shaul. And even though he sinned twice, it didn't count against him. He, was, he didn't lose his throne because of that. Now he goes into the details. Which sin are we talking about? The story with Agag, who was the king of Amalek, and he didn't kill him and the, and the, and the animals. What about Yerachon? What about the fact that he killed the Kohen in, in, in Nov, which is another sin that he did? But on the, on the first story, the story that he didn't uh, kill Amalek, wipe out Amalek, says, there, there Hashem said, I, I regret that I made uh, Shaul the king. In other words, he was punished for that sin, not for the sin of Nov. That's why he, he lost the throne because of the sin of Amalek. David Bishnaimaina, what was David's two sins? Number one to Uriah, because he basically killed Uriah, and to Zasata, and he was enticed later on to count the Jewish people. That was like we talked about before, you're not allowed to count them. Ivik and I'm Maishabashava. What about the story of Maishabah that he uh, 
apparently committed adultery. It says Hosam, if he was he was already punished for that separately. In other words, there he was punished. We're talking about where he wasn't really punished. Hosam, if he was punished. says He himself said that if somebody steals a lamb, he should pay back four times. And here also, David lost four children in his lifetime. Yeled, the first child of Bathsheba, Amnon, Tamar, Bavsham, all died in his lifetime. So there he was punished. In other words, we're talking about two things that he wasn't directly punished for. He was also punished before, later on in the, in the, um, in the sin where he counted the Jewish people, he was, sent, he was punished. To Hashem Devra, Hashem made pestilence, uh, like a Megepha. And as they were all punished, there was a big, there was a punishment of uh, Dever. Uh, a plague came because of Ishvasata. In other words, in his, in his, um, in the case of of the Misa of uh, Uriah, he was punished because his children died. Here it wasn't his goof; it was the nation got the uh, got the Magefa. So the Gemara says, "Hasam Namiluf Magufa." There also it wasn't his own body; it was his children who died, not him. It says, "Lai Ifrim Magufa." He also punished him. He was also punished himself. Amrav David became a leper for six months. Right, Nitzar David. Uparsha Menasan and the Sanhedrin left him. Right, they would. He was he was isolated, and he the Sanhedrin didn't come near him. God's holy countenance left him. Afterwards, it says, Please, God, return to me those that fear you. Those who know your testimony, says, Please bring them back to me. Meaning the Sanhedrin, who had left him, Please bring him back. Return to me, Sason Yeshecha, the joy of your salvation. Meaning their Shechina. So obviously, when David asked for them back, it's that they had left him. The Shechina left him, Sanhedrin had left him because he was a leper. So he did suffer. Uh, physically, right? He he did suffer physically for those things. So he said that um, the story of Uri was punished with his children. That wasn't really him. And the and the the Dever again. The nation got the Dever, but not him. But the answer is he also got punished himself. And therefore, we say <clears throat> that um, the story of Bathsheba is not counted even as a third sin because he got punished for that. Uh, he got punished for that. And the story of the Asata, uh, he didn't get punished. Himself, right? Other people got punished for it, not him. Not him. So, therefore, uh, we, we do point out that he did get punished himself from the story of Bathsheba, even if you don't count the children as, as punishment for himself. Uh, his, his body wasn't punished, but he did get punished with uh, Tsaras. So, even though he didn't get punished for Uriah and Nasata, he got punished for Bathsheba. Ivan Marav, Kibul David Lashon Hara. There was another thing that he did, he was in Kabul Lashon Hara. Uh, Shmuel holds that he wasn't Makabalashnar. Even according to Ravah said that he was Makabalashnar. So there was another Avera. He was paid back for that. In other words, <coughs> we're saying that for the sin of Bathsheba and for the sin of Lashnar, if he did commit Lashnar, he was paid back. When he said to Mephoshes, Amarti He was Makabalashnara from Tsiva on the Fiboshes. And he said, Okay, Mephiboshes, you're gonna split the land. Not you're not getting the whole thing, you're gonna split the Malucha. <coughs> went out and punished David. Your grandson, Rechavim, and Yeravim will split the Malchus too for you because you because you Makabalashnara and you followed up on that by splitting up the uh and Siva, you're gonna split the you split the land. So your kingdom will also be split up. So in other words, David 
committed two sins for which he wasn't punished because he found favor in God's eyes. Whereas the other sins, if he committed other sins, Bathsheba and, uh, and Lashnara, for that he was punished directly. The point is, is that Shoal committed maybe even less sins, but uh, God didn't like him and therefore, uh, therefore he was punished. Ben Shana Shoal B'Macho. It says here that Shoal took the reins, became the th- uh, took the throne when he was one year old. Amr Afuna Kebenshan. doesn't mean he was literally one year old. Shalom Tom Tamachet. He had not sinned. In other words, doesn't just like a, a child, one year old did not sin. So the same way when Shoal took the throne, he hadn't sinned. Maybe it means like a one year old Shemaluchach Batit covered in mud with so and with excrement. Maybe that's what he means. He was like a one year old. In other words, that he was filthy, right? So when Rav Nachman asked that kasha, Achvul Rav Nachman siut b'chami, he had a nightmare. In other words, they showed him a nightmare and this thing for being so disrespectful of Shoal. He says, well, how do you know it means that he was a tzaddik like a one-year-old baby? Maybe it means that he was filthy like a one-year-old baby. So they showed him a nightmare. Omar, so when he woke up, Rav Nachman said, Nanesi lechem atzmos Shoal ben Kish. Shoal ben Kish. Uh, please uh, pardon me for uh, saying, you know, for questioning and thinking that maybe you weren't a tzaddik. He still had another dream. He had another siyuta, siyuta b'chame, not a tiyuta, siyuta. He had another siyut, like in modern Hebrew, they use that word siyut, a nightmare. Maybe he had another, so the next night he had another nightmare. And it was the fact that he said, pardon me, the bones of Shaul ben Kish wasn't enough. Now he called him Melch Yisrael. Then he was, uh, the, the nightmare stopped. Why did the kingdom of Beishol not continue? In other words, why, uh, because, you know, he committed one sin or two sins, but why did God not uh, let him continue? You know why? In other words, he wasn't even destined to, to, uh, to have a long uh, kingdom. Why? Because there was no um, there was no taint in his ancestry, right? And you know he, he had he had like a a perfect uh, pedigree. That's a, he had a perfect pedigree. Lo Yashim Dofi, not like David Amelech, who came from Rusa Moavia. He came from converts, etc. Right? So Shaul didn't. Shaul was perfect in his ancestry. You never make a leader on the Tzibur. Unless he's got a box of, of um, vermin, you know, of, uh, of lizards on his back. Meaning to say, he's got, uh, he's got skeletons in his closet. That's how we call that today. If he's got skeletons in his closet, it's good to have a guy like that. If, uh, the, if either him or his uh, descendants uh, would uh, become arrogant. Omla, we tell them, look behind you. Look what you look what you got. In other words, it's good to have somebody who's got skeletons in the closet. He'll have what to fear. He won't become too arrogant. And Shoal, just the opposite, had no skeletons, not like David. So Shoal was not destined to have a long kingdom. Why was Shoal? Meaning, Rashi says, lovely day, Yes, he did commit the sin with. Uh, Amalek, he carried in the sense of Novi Arakona also. But why did Hashem put him in a position, lovely day, to come to that? Why? Because he was Mochal on his cover. In other words, he didn't, he didn't maintain his honor. When he was put down, he should have stood up as a, an important person, a king or a Tamar Chacham, should stand up for his honor. That's the right, that's Kavar Torah. The base people, the Amru. What's the show? He's going to be our savior? 
by a and they, they, they shamed him, they embarrassed him, they didn't bring him a gift. He was quiet, he just took it. That's not the way for a leader to act. A leader has to show strength, has to show some backbone. Afterwards, came and they camped, they camped against Bnei Yisrael and Yavish Gil, and the people from Yavish Gil, the whole story there came to Shoal, and he said, no, he organized the troops, and they, uh, you know, and they won, and they, and they defeated the Ammonim, and then the Jewish people, Rashi brings us down to the last line, the last few lines in Rashi on the page, so the Yisrael said, well, now we should go after the ones who questioned your authority and said, who are you, you're not going to lead us, you're not going to save us, maybe we should go kill those Jews among us, and he said, now nah, let them go. He didn't stand up for his honor. So again, you see that Shaul was not fit to be the king, and, and therefore God caused him to sin and to lose the throne. Why? Because he's got to stand up and show some backbone and show honor. He has to maintain his honor. Otherwise, if he becomes like Mush, you know, becomes like a Neb, that's not good for the Jewish people. Not just a king, but anything who doesn't take revenge and bear a grudge, be you know, maintain his anger uh, like a like a serpent who you know gets angry and maintains it. He's not a you know, you have to, Tamachacham has to know how to take revenge and how to uh, show, take, you know, bear a grudge. We just had the Pusik, right? You're not supposed to take revenge nor bear a grudge. That's when it comes to money matters. When it comes to money matters, you shouldn't. But when it comes to honor, your personal honor, your personal embarrassment, he's got to uh, show some backbone. How do we, what do we mean by money? It says, uh, uh, the Pusik is talking about only money matters. The Tanya Ezu and Akim of Ezu and Atira, famous Gemara, what is revenge and what is bearing a grudge? The Kima is like this. Amalo, Reuben said to Shimon, would you lend me your sickle? Shimon said to him, Amalo, laugh, no, I'm not going to lend you my sickle. The next day, Shimon said to Reuben, would you lend me your axe? Amalo, I'm not going to lend you my axe. Just like you didn't lend me your sickle yesterday, I'm not going to lend you my axe today. That's revenge. You didn't, you, didn't, uh, you didn't invite me to the wedding. I'm not inviting you, right? That's, that's classic revenge, right? What is bearing a grudge? Reuben said to Shimon, lend me your axe. Shimon said no. The next day, Shimon said to Reuben, lend me your shirt or your, your garment. Hey, look, take it. I'm going to lend it to you. I'm not like you, that you didn't lend me. I'm not going to be like you. You didn't lend me your, your axe, but I'm lending you my garment. That's, that means bearing a grudge. He didn't take revenge. That's the opposite. He did lend it to him. He didn't refuse to, he didn't refuse to lend him like the other guy didn't want to lend him. But he said, but he bore a grudge about it. He says, I'm not going to be like you, Zui Natira. But the point is, that's when it comes to money matters. You know, lending son, items, you know, things like that. The metaltalin. But when it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, feelings and honor, no, then, uh, then you're supposed to uh, bear a grudge and take revenge. You think the Pasuk, the Losik of Losita, doesn't refer to Tsar Gufa when a person is, you know, his, his honor and his uh, feelings were hurt? But Oven, the ones who insulted, but they don't insult back. Shomen Chapasan, they hear the shame, they don't answer. They take it, so to speak, on the chin. Osen, they, they, they do God's will out of love. They're happy to, be, uh, to have troubles and, and pain. 
you know, to, to, to suffer, they're happy and they're suffering. Alain accustomed about them, the Pusik says, the Oav of the ones who love, who love God, it will be like the sun goes out in its might. In other words, those are the ones that God loves. They love God and God loves them. Right? And it loves them. So the point is that you see, that's a great thing. The people to take it on the chin, bear their, bear, bear their shame and don't answer. No, that means, that doesn't mean that they, that means they in their hearts, they are angry. Rashi says, He's going to let, he bears his anger. He just doesn't, uh, just doesn't act upon it directly. But he's angry about it and he bears the grudge. Ivan Ravra called says, Whoever uh, doesn't retaliate, lets things go, let it go. Don't answer. We let go. All his sins are also forgiven. The answer is the Mephais. That simply doesn't mean that he's supposed to. Uh, not bear a grudge and not be upset about it. It means that he should accept uh, an apology. Mephaisa, when you try to pacify him, he's Mephaisa. That's what he means. That a person who's Mavril Midosav, he doesn't say, well, listen, since you offended me, uh, I'm going to be angry and I'm going to take it out on you, even though you asked for an apology. But you have to ask for an apology. It's proper to ask for an apology. If he asks for an apology, then he can. So the point over here, though, is it's a big Kiddush that. You have to stand for your honor. You can't be a nebuch, uh, when, especially when it comes to a tamar chacham or a leader, uh, and, and, and uh, people have to be careful about that. And that's especially this manazeh when it's very easy for lashon hara and, and, uh, and insults, etc., to spread across social media and emails and all kinds of stuff like that. All right, we'll pick it up from here tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem, from the two dots. Have a good day, everybody. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Wasn't the, wasn't the, uh, the only supposed to be from, from, from Yehuda? Right. And that's why Shaul. Uh, that's why Shaul didn't, didn't. Yeah, but but I, that, that that they were supposed to be from Yehuda, but on the other, that was later on from David Melachon. It was from it was from Yehuda, but Hashem had told Shmuel to go and anoint Shaul. It was from God originally. So even though it wasn't, uh, uh, even though later on from after David, from David's time on, then it was from Yehuda. But Hashem, the original before David, we had Shaul, and he was anointed by God basically. The, the original bracha from Yaakov wasn't that the, that the right, right, the, that, right. Eventually, eventually, but Hashem said the first one, right. Temporary stopgap because the people wanted the king. Yeah, so that was the first time. But eventually, it was going to be from David. It wasn't always right. Remember, David lost half most of the malchus. Also, Yisrael also kings. But eventually, the real, the real malchus is supposed to be from David. Correct. The the eternal the eternal one is going to be from David. Correct. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Cultive.